This episode contains spoilers. Please listen responsibly. Hello everyone, my name is Jason Ramirez and welcome to Season 2, Episode 1 of the Hitlist Podcast. Yes, we're back again for this. You thought it was over, but it's not. So basically, this is a podcast where me and a guest cross off films from our watch list by watching them. You know the deal. You're here. I'm joined today by an old friend and mentor, Matt Trudell. Welcome, Matt. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me, Jason. Nice seeing you, man. Yeah, so basically, Matt and I... um. Matt used to work at the radio station where I currently work at, so it's been a while since I've seen him. This is also like pre-COVID, so it's like, oh, I see Matt in like a little square on my screen. Yeah, it's coming up on two years in October. Literally, oh. Actually, October 1st. October 1st is two years. Wow, holy. I didn't realize it was that long. <laughs> it, it's it, Well, you know, COVID just made, you know, things seem so different, so yeah. That was around the time, I, that was the same time I started school at UMD. And you yeah. saw me, you, you saw me. I was so full of hope, and now I am so jaded. I hate my school. <laughs> That's a whole other conversation. Yeah, yeah. So Matt, can you tell me a little bit more about your streaming viewing habits? So I am a uh, within the past few months a cord cutter. So everything is through. Um, I got the Disney bundle, so I got. You know, ESPN Plus, Hulu, and Disney Plus. I got HBO Max. I got Netflix. Um, wow. Yeah. I didn't know you were rolling the dough. <laughs> I, I'm not rolling in dough. It's just <laughs> <laughs> I got a. Uh, I have ways for certain subscriptions, if you know what I'm saying. So. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Definitely legal. Yeah. <laughs> I'm from the pirate generation. <laughs> Do you see yourself watching the same old things over and over again, or do you try to like, experiment uh, a few more? I only really revisit, like, you know, the Breaking Bads, the Wires, you know, the Sopranos. Outside of that, everything is um, is new stuff. Like, my wife and I are watching The Righteous Gemstones right now, HBO show, Danny McBride. Pretty funny. John Goodman's in it also. Anything John Goodman's in, it's pretty excellent so yeah just you know watching some new stuff but from time to time like you know when we're not really doing anything we'll throw on like big bang theory or like (laughs) you know something like that just to like kill time i see i see i think you're more um adventurous than i am i tend to watch the same thing over and over again like just today i just rewatched a few of my favorite episodes of community and okay it just bewilders me how like the rooster brothers directed community before they went on to do Winter Soldier and then Infinity War. It's like, damn. And also, like, the musician Ludwig, he did the he did the composition for The Mandalorian and also for Tenet, which I still want to see, but I, I don't know if I can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I want to see it, too. Christopher Nolan has is, like, really trying us to go, like, I don't care about no pandemic. Watch my movie in theaters, okay? Not on your screens, not on your phone, in theaters. I'm like, okay, Chris. We're in a pandemic. It's okay. I'll, I'll do my best. He's he's holding on to a dying art. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I, I'm just being honest. Like I think movies are going to start moving towards just going straight to your home. You know, and the people that will wait will wait. Other than that, I mean, I think there will still be movie theaters, and like 
they'll show old movies or they'll show some current movies, but I don't think it's going to be the demand that it used to be. Yeah, it's been like that for a while now, but I, I don't know how it'll look like in the future. Unless they adapt adapt to it, uh, I, I kind of see it dying out. Because going to movie theaters, it's like an experience, you know? It is. You go there, you, you know which movie you want to see. Or if you're with a group of friends, you kind of decide amongst yourselves. You get popcorn, you watch it, and you're just for like around an hour and a half to two hours you're just in that theater, like, looking at the screen, and most of the time, you're not on your phone, but, you know, yeah. it's a whole thing. Well, you know, sorry, I, I was just gonna say, like, you know, to me, like, I, I think what could save movie theaters, because, like, movie theaters just got expensive, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes. I think what could save movie theaters is if they let you bring your own food. Like, if I can roll up with Chipotle, and I'm not gonna be yelled at, you know, or something like that, you know, still have the popcorn, people buy popcorn, but it's like, it's expensive, man. It, it definitely is expensive. But I do like... I'm not a very rebellious person by nature. But when I sneak in food, I feel like I'm a rebel. So... Hell maybe, yeah. Maybe if they do allow food, outside food, into the theaters, I will still hide it just to, like, feel like I'm rebelling against a man, you know? Like, the one yeah, thing I can do... a girl with the big purse. <laughs> no, man, it's just... It's a, it's a backpack. I just hang it by my arm. That's smart. So the two films we will be discussing today are Gangs of New York, directed by Martin Scorsese, and Jaws, directed by Steven Spielberg. So Gangs of New York was on Matt's list. Matt, why was this very long movie on your list? You know, it's it's one of those movies that like I've always wanted to see. I mean, it's got DiCaprio. It's got Daniel Day-Lewis. I mean, especially, you know... Two of the biggest actors in Hollywood, you know, two of the better actors in Hollywood. You know, Daniel Day-Lewis is a little underrated, in my opinion, just because he picks and chooses so much. But, I mean, he's, you know, he's crazy when it comes to his roles. And, you know, Leonardo, you know, has just been making movie after movie, classic after classic, you know, pretty much from after he made that Romeo and Juliet that a lot of people hated. After that, (laughs) he just was making hits. So, yeah. You know, I like Scorsese. Like, I typically go out of my way to see Scorsese films, you know, much like Tarantino. Those are two of my top ones. You know, I told you off here, I dedicated four hours to The Irishman, you know. (laughs) But I just somehow never got around to Gangs in New York. So, and it's funny, I just recently got HBO Max, and I saw that it was on there, and I was like, oh, now's a perfect time. And honestly i looked at it several times and never watched it and then i got your message <laughs> so i was like it's gotta be it yeah so i will say uh the history i have of this movie goes back six years or so maybe a little bit more maybe seven at the most i was a senior in high school and i took an ap u.s history class that i did not need i don't know why i took it i didn't even get a good grade in it so what my teacher would do he would like show us clips of movies History movies and then tell us like the accuracies and inaccuracies with with the film. And this, I think, was his favorite movie because he kept showing us different clips of it. But like he never showed us a full movie. And it it wasn't until I finally saw that. I'm like, oh, this is why. This is why he never showed the whole thing to us. And I'm also a fan of Daniel Day-Lewis. But I wouldn't say he's underrated. I think he's just rated. Like he's equally rated. Not overrated, not underrated, but just equilibrium. Because people know who he is, they know how much dedication he puts into his roles. Like he goes full up, he goes, what's it called, method acting, whatever. Like he goes really into the role. Method acting. 
Yeah, so... He was Abraham Lincoln for a whole entire year before he actually shot the movie Lincoln. Yeah, yeah, I remember that one, so... Like, I, I didn't get, to, I get a chance unreal. to see it, but, like, I know the whole thing where, like, he, with the actress who played Lincoln's wife, he would, he would send her text messages as if he were Abraham Lincoln and then signing it, dash A-L, like, with, like, Abraham Lincoln's initials. I'm like, bro, this is, like, too much. You don't... You're not filming. You don't have to do this. <laughs> you don't have I to love, put this much dedication to it. <laughs> Ro- Robert Downey Jr. from Tropic Thunder. That's exactly who <laughs> they were trying to make. Yeah, like literally, that's him. I'm the dude playing. That's the dude. him. That's Disguise Christian Bale, dude. <laughs> yeah, it, it's crazy. Like uh, other people have tried it, uh, but not really to the same effect. I know Jared Leto did the same thing. I don't even know how to say his last name. Jared Leto, Jared Leto. I don't know. He did the I same thing. I think it's thing. Leto, but I don't know. I, I'm, I'm going to say Leto. Jared Leto. <laughs> he did the same thing when he was the Joker for Suicide Squad. But, like, it wasn't... It was in poor taste, so to speak. Because he was, like, as as pranks, he would send, like, dead rats to the other cast members. I'm like, what part of that is like Joker's MO? Like, that's not even funny. That's just disgusting. Yeah. Christian Bale's known as a method actor. And to an extent, a little bit of Tom Hardy as well, like with what he did to become Bane. And then, you know, he's, uh, I don't know if you've seen any of the stuff that he made before he came to America, but he's he's done some remarkable things in method acting. Uh, wasn't he, I know he was in um, a movie called, I think, Bronson. He was in Bronson. He was in a movie called Rock and Rolla, which was a Guy Ritchie film. He was in a movie, I believe it was like a made-for-television movie with Benedict Cumberbatch called Stuart, A Life in Reverse, which is an excellent movie. So if you're listening, it's a little depressing, but it's an excellent movie. So back to like Gangs of New York. I would just say it right now, I did not like this movie at all. Okay. Like I will say it's a very well-made movie, and they have great actors in there, but I just... Did not care for the act. Did not care for the characters in there, and I didn't think Cameron Diaz should have been the movie. Like it should have been someone else in her place. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I like I, I don't want to. I don't want to make it seem like I don't like Cameron Diaz, but I don't like her in this movie. If that makes sense, dude. I, I, like, all right, I'm older than you, and like Cameron Diaz is like the girl from There's Something About Mary, not the girl that's in Scorsese films. Like. I, <laughs> She was in comedies when I was a kid, and like it, you know, she's just not someone that you think of being a great actress. So, I, I definitely did not feel her in the movie. I also felt like her character development was just weird, right? So that was an element I did not like, and I didn't like that it was just like we'll start with a big fight, we'll end with a big fight, and this middle stuff is going to be like. Some of it's going to be really good. Some of it's going to be like, what the hell, you know. So it was definitely the worst of the two movies we watched. Uh, in my opinion, it's definitely probably one of the lower Scorsese films that there were. Right. And honestly, because it's been so long, it's been like 18 years since it came out. It's a little sad that we have DiCaprio and Daniel Day-Lewis in a movie and like, it's that, you know. Yeah. I will say Daniel Day-Lewis, he did steal Every scene he was in. He was excellent. Yeah, he was just like, wow. Like, I really hated his character, but, like, he did it in such a way, like, I respected him. <laughs> but also did it. <laughs> yeah, the the knife-throwing scene was, like, 
not only was it intense because he was throwing knives, but he just made it so much more intense. Like that was that was a great scene. That was one of the better scenes of the movie, in my opinion. Right. And like <laughs> I finally know where the, the gift comes from. Whoopsie Daisy, I know where it comes from now. Yeah. Like that scene right there when he's like threatening her life with the knife throwing scene. Yeah. That fight at the beginning felt very much like a product of its time. Because there were so many quick edits, but also slow motion edits. But like quick edits at the same yeah. time. And I'm like, is this a 90s movie? And I'm like, oh, it's 2002. So it's like coming off that, that decade right there. And it didn't age well. And I think, I'm not sure how audiences saw it back then. But the fight looked kind of lackluster to me. If you know what I mean. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's because like I've seen so many so many action movies where I kind of desensitized to that. Or if, like, I know how movies are made and how choreography happens. So, like, I'm still... The magic has been kind of lost on me. So, I'm not sure which is it. Yeah. So, like, one thing that I think hurt the the film, and I think this is part of the reason why I kind of missed it, was it got delayed coming out a year because it was supposed to come out, like, right around 9-11. And then 9-11 happened and they delayed it until... December of 2002. Wow. So it technically kind of was a 90s movie because it was probably shot in 98, 99, you know, or a 99, 2000. And then, yeah. So I, I do get that. It definitely had, you know, it's like, let's have this big fight, but let's keep it as budget friendly as possible. Right. So, yeah, it, it was, you know, I overall enjoyed it, I would say. Yeah, and I'm not going to go back to it anytime soon. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I know what you're saying. Yeah. But it kind of makes sense why they delayed it. Because at the end of the movie, you kind of see like where the graves are of the people there. And like you see how it's kind of evolved throughout time. And then like the last scene you see is like the Twin Towers in the background. And I'm like, wait, this was released yeah. in 2002. So it was like a year after. But that kind of makes more sense because they were supposed to release it around the fall of 2001. And then... The whole thing happened, so it's, it's um really sad. So, what are your favorite scenes from the movie? The knife throwing scene, I loved. I just thought it was extremely intense. Just, just everything about that scene mm. was just extremely intense. Um, and I, I just liked the way they did that. Another scene I liked. So, this is this is gonna tie into uh. Wait, it just so happens both the movies we watched had scar comparison scenes. Ah. If you notice yeah. that. There was the, <laughs> she had the one on her stomach and he was showing all his scars. You know, so I I, I got a kick out of that because that was actually the second movie I watched. And like, we'll get into Jaws and how like iconic that scene is, mm-hmm. you know. So then I was like, oh, this lost the scar scene, you know. But like, <laughs> so I got a little kick out of that. You know, the final fight, I liked leading up to the fight, if that makes sense. Like, when all the squads come out and it's like, we're all the Irishmen and, you know, (laughs) we're all the natives and, you know, all that stuff, um, I liked. And then, you know, one thing I didn't like is I felt like they kind of just all of a sudden were like, hey, draft stuff, draft stuff, you know, and it's like, and, and from what I've read, essentially they added a lot more years than actually were. Mm. if that makes sense so like the guy that bill the butchers based off of died like 12 years before that fight actually happened yeah i did read about that 
Um, it's be- it was based on an actual person. They like they just fictionalized it for the movie. So it was like, oh, that's um, kind of interesting that someone like that actually existed. Dude, I was reading about a lot of them. Like they were nuts back then, man. Bro, like did you see? Did you even see the way they lived? <laughs> like it's like <laughs> that was crazy. And like I will say, like the part I didn't really believe was like the the, the catacombs underneath that factory because I'm like, how are you gonna build that? <laughs> how are you gonna build that in like how many years? For like the poor people living, yeah. That I mean, I found out it was actually it wasn't actually real. I'm like, yeah, because why would you have that? That seems like a very a French thing. It seems like a European thing because, like, you know, like in Europe they have a history. They have catacombs all throughout France and like parts of um uh, Great Britain, whatever. And it just didn't make sense for them to have it in America. And I'm like, like in in New York, like what? <laughs> catacombs <laughs> bruh yeah bruh well yeah and like and the united yeah the united states isn't that old it's so not that it doesn't have that architectural history bruh. like you know you go to france and there's a lot like a lot of history you know italy a lot of history america's just got like cottages <laughs> <laughs> and plant and plantations but we don't like to talk about those in america no <laughs> we should though just to realize it. super fast yeah so let me say that, um, yeah, I didn't really like this movie. <laughs> I wrote a lot of notes, like reactions to the whole thing. Yeah, um, I did like the I did like the kill the rich scenes though. That was like, of course, it, it was like absolutely. It, it like warmed my heart, but it was ruined when I saw them lynching black people out of nowhere. I'm like, yeah, yep, they they did do that. Ah, you, you ruined my take. You ruined it, Martin. I'm sorry, but like, <laughs> you're trying to be historically accurate in the worst possible time. For me, my dude, especially like given like current moments, like at the t- as the as of the time of this recording, and hopefully not in the future, but it's just a lot of stuff happening. The Breonna Taylor case um, was like results came out. I think like last week, and everyone's really disappointed about the whole thing. So it's just like coming yeah. after that. I'm like, oh, they probably weren't even convicted. They probably just went off living their lives, and I wouldn't be wrong if they did. So yeah. I was like, you really had to ruin the anti-capitalist, um scene with that. And I was like, damn. Ah, I did like when Daniel Day Lewis's character did die. I was like, thank God I died, true American. Okay, just die, my dude. <laughs> like, just, just, just fall, just fall. Well, apparently, those were the actual words that the real guy said as he died. I wanted the context behind that. Like, he got shot. What? Yeah, he got shot in real life, and he was a part of the Native American movement, and like, so that's air quotes for everybody that can't see that. You know, he was born in New York, born and raised in the United States, he's a Native American, don't bring these, you know, dirty red-headed Irish people over here, you know? Yeah, that's the part that, like, bewildered me, too. I'm like, you calling yourselves the Natives? Like, I'm not, how do I say this? I wouldn't be surprised if that's actually true. Like, I'm pretty sure it is true. They did think of themselves as natives. But, like, that's that's the thing I've realized with, like, U.S. history. Like, every generation, they're like, there's, like, a new wave of immigrants from, like, different locations. Any immigrants that came the generation before treats them like shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. It, it, it's just, like, a tragic American story. I'm pretty sure it's a, it's a human human story in general where, like, people feel like they're... they're space- they feel threatened. Yeah, they feel threatened by new people that they don't understand. And... It's just like, no, they're just trying to live a different life. Maybe just get to know them. Who knows what could happen? Yeah. It's like it was Italians, then it was Irish, then... French, and then Chinese people, and then... um. 
a whole bunch of things. A whole bunch of other... It just goes on and on. Yeah. So, Matt, do you think you should have seen this movie sooner? Uh, yeah. I think I think it probably would have helped. You know, it's hard to be in 2020 with graphics and... Honestly, if it would have came out, you know, later and these two great actors would have been in that movie, I would have been like, you guys need to go home and think about what you did. You know, <laughs> but because it was earlier, it's like, okay, like... Yeah, I think the same like i i wanted to watch this movie for a little bit ne- it hasn't always been like a strong desire it's never actually been a strong desire to see the movie but like i was always curious to watch it and now that i've seen it i'm like oh i could have spent time doing something else <laughs> <laughs> no yeah but now i know what it's like now i know uh i will give it i will give it merit based on like the production quality the cinematography and the acting but those don't make it a good movie like <laughs> I guess it's just a story. It, I didn't it's like. not enough to save it. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. It, it wasn't enough. And now a word from our sponsors. Now back to the show. All right. Uh, so enough about the great gangs of New York movie. And I'm glad <laughs> you set up your system this way because now we get to talk about your movie and your movie ended up being the better one. Um, so yeah, Jaws, uh, Steven Spielberg. Uh, why, why was that on your list? So I'm a filmmaker and apparently not having seen Jaws is like a disgrace or whatever, like <laughs> as a filmmaker, because almost every filmmaker I know has seen it, has been inspired by it. And also it's just a part of American history, American film history, that Jaws is like a, such a big movie and it affected American culture, both in film and also like the fear of sharks ever since it came out in the 1970s. To the point, like, still today, people, like, are afraid, like, oh, is there, are there sharks in the water? Like, ma'am, it's a pool. Yeah. So, <laughs> and also, like, every single film class I've been in, every single video class I've been in, have used different scenes in Jaws to teach a lesson on, like, cinematography. Yeah. So, I just wanted to see this movie to see, like, what the big deal is about. And I'm very glad to say it still holds up in 2020. It super holds up. So, why do you think it took you as long to get around to it? So it was a horror movie essentially. So I, when I was younger, like up until like a couple of years ago, I didn't want to get into horror movies because I just don't like being scared or whatever. And also, I didn't know where to find it. Like I didn't want to see like a bootleg version because if I was going to see mm. it, I want to see like a clear, good sound quality um, picture, whatever. I didn't want it to be interrupted by someone coughing in the background. <laughs> I just didn't know where to find it. I, I and I also. Wouldn't have gone out of my way to see this movie if I hadn't taken so many film classes. I had seen it. I had it on VHS when I was younger. Wow. Um, And I had seen it, you know, a a few times, all when I was younger. It's been some years since I'd seen it. And I'm not going to lie, when you were like, oh, Jaws, I was like, oh, you know, but then (laughs) just, just because it's like, all right, I'd seen it. But like, I hadn't seen it since I was like, you know, probably middle school you know and and before right and i am so glad you had me watch that movie my wife and i watched it and it was it was so much better than i remembered it that's kind of crazy with the movies because since i've been young i'm always i was always like a spectacle kind of person like i want to see something there's like a lot of action there's music whatever i never cared too much for drama films where like the actors like talk about their feelings or like there's like you know adults speaking to each other yeah. I never, I never been interested in that. So like, I'm trying to like slowly get into that. And this is like a perfect film to watch because 
so much is going on and <laughs> i even wrote my notes right here so many people just vibing like just in the beginning you know that campfire scene in the beginning in this um the yeah, movie? yeah yeah they're just vibing they're enjoying life not a phone in sight <laughs> yeah <laughs> And the, the music was like very tense. Like we've all heard the music, da da, da da, yeah. da da. We've all heard it, but watching it in the movie felt completely different because you know that's where the shark is. You know the shark yeah. is about to kill someone. Yeah, and then like also like the you don't see this as much today because I think movie studios just want to get the movie done and just go ahead and just sell it, just get people in there. People want to watch Spider Man three, Spider Man four. Let's get it out there. But there's so many background characters who have their own lives, who have their own motivations and concerns. Like you hear them having conversations as the main characters just walk by. Like you, you see them interacting with each other as if they were actually living in that location, living in that actual island. Yeah. I really love that part of the movie. It's, it's like world building, giving you a sense of community that's there. Yeah. It felt very much a real, like a real community. Also, there's so many parts in the movie where... The cinematography and the camera movements, the way they decided to like put the camera somewhere, had like a huge effect for like the viewer. It makes for a very enjoyable experience. One example I have is like when they when the sheriff gets on, puts his car on that little small raft, and then some more people get on the raft as well. And the camera is stationary, but the background is moving with them because the raft is moving. So any other scene, any if you put it in another movie, it probably would have been behind like would have been in front of a green screen, right? Or like they just would have filmed it, whatever. But you know yeah. it's a green screen. But this one is like, oh, they're actually on that raft going to like another part of the island. If you think about it, it's just like a regular scene. They just put it in a different location to make the make it look like there's more things going on. So that scene, I I, I kind of I really liked it because they didn't have mm -hmm. to go through the effort to do that, but they did. Yeah. First off, for it being 1975, you know, the graphics and everything still pretty much hold up. I did not feel... Now, I know that they've touched it up over years and stuff like that, but I still don't feel like I was watching that old of a movie. Other than the fact that, like, apparently everybody in 1975 was ugly. Like, <laughs> but, but hold on. And I, I'm not trying to get political, right? But, like, my wife and I noticed something about Jaws. Okay. Was Jaws not the coronavirus? That's not even political, man. People have people have been make, making memes from it, but I didn't know the context for it. I'm like, oh yeah, I guess it makes sense. But like, oh my god, we we've had Jaws to prevent coronavirus, but we still dropped the ball. <laughs> we because like the mayor's like, I gotta put people on the beaches. You know what I'm saying? He's <laughs> like, this is the Fourth of July, and it's just like it's, it's the economy. <laughs> Dude, and I was just like, oh my gosh. Like, and I, that stuff, obviously, I didn't, like, thoroughly remember from as a child. Like, my favorite scene, honestly, is is the scar scene. And, and Richard Dreyfus was amazing. Amazing. And it's funny because, like, when I was younger, I obviously didn't know who Richard Dreyfus was. I knew who Matt Hooper was, you know, but I didn't know who Richard Dreyfus was. And then just seeing him, you know, going back and watching as an adult, it was just like, in my opinion, he put on a, a heck of a performance in that movie. Great job. Great job. I think he's the reason why we have nerds in every, like, sci-fi movie. Not sci-fi, but you know what I mean. Like, in every action movie, in every yeah. um, disaster movie, there's always, like, a scientist or whatever who always explains things the most with the, with the most jargon possible. But with, with Richard's character, I could understand what he's saying because it's not in a way to kind of send on the audience he's just legit concerned about 
the lives of the people on the beach, lives of the people on mm-hmm. the island. Obviously, he wants people to be safe, and he's trying to look out for people. He's not trying to condescend anyone. So yeah, yeah, great character right there, and you can see his archetype in movies today. Yeah. Oh, and just like like all right, the scene where they get drunk and they go to the uh they go to cut that shark open yeah and he's just like the milk comes out and he's just like (laughs) arms deep in it and like (laughs) it just didn't feel fake you know what i'm saying it's like you literally thought you were just at a fish market watching people like cut open fish and digging stuff out of their stomach like i just i was really impressed (laughs) his acting like I, i just felt like he was really good i said this for like a previous episode from the previous season um, we saw Candyman for one of our episodes, and the other movie we saw was Bumblebee, and I hated Bumblebee. That's I think people by now know how much I hate Bumblebee after watching that movie. <laughs> but watching Candyman felt so different because it actually feels like you're there because it must have to, it must have to do with the film, like the actual like film uh, film footage, yeah. or or it has to do with the the fact they actually didn't have en- enough graphics. They actually had to act. They had to be there on location because if they didn't get it they didn't get it if you know what i mean yeah so it's weird it's like the technology wasn't there they didn't need to be there because they still found a way you know yeah like i said you know when you first said jaws i was like you know i've seen it several times now it's been years but i've seen it several times and then we watched it and i was just like man i'm like really glad like i, I honestly I wish I would have watched Gangs in New York on Friday and Jaws on Saturday because uh, I was so pumped after Jaws and then, you know, popped in Gangs in New York and I was just kind of like, man. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. didn't hit like Jaws did. Like, and I had seen Jaws. Yeah. So I will say one of my favorite scenes is like when the sheriff, he's on the beach and he knows there's a shark in the water, but the mayor told him to keep the beaches open. And he's just looking out for everyone. He like with every person going under under the water, very scream. He's like tense and everything. People keep talking to him, like, "Hey, uh, can you help me with this thing right here? Like this yeah. is bothering me." But he's still concerned with it, concerned with the safety of like the people there because he knows they're in danger. That the mayor prevented him from saying anything. So I felt very tense because there was like a dog there. I'm like, no, not the dog, not the dog. <laughs> dude and also like there was a child he he must have been what eight nine or like at the oldest 11 or whatever yeah and he dies the kid dies like a very gruesome death and you see like the blood on the water like rising from the water and i'm like it looks pretty real floaty (laughs) pretty realistic for me um and i was like yo what and the other thing about this like there are two different camera methods they have in this scene that they use for examples for everything there's the dolly zoom the dolly zoom just zooms on his face and like the background like expands that whole effect it's the famous famous one and there's also the split diopter yeah where one of the one of the citizens one of the citizens of the community is like trying to talk to him but he's focused on someone else on the on the in the beach Mm -hmm. someone else on the water and they're both in focus, but it's like a split focus, if you know what I mean. And I was like, oh, like, yeah, they're really pulling out all the stops for this movie. They're really pulling out all the stops. It was impressive. I will say I never understood. You see this everywhere in, in like media now where like someone just like scratches on a chalkboard. Yeah. I never knew where that was from. <laughs> and I was like, 
oh it's all answered now that's where it's from <laughs> where he like he just scratches on the chalkboard to get people to shut up it says uh that's there's a killer that's that shotgun's a killer yeah yeah <laughs> but one thing i also like looked up in the middle of the movie when like the mother of the the child that died by the shark when she offered a three thousand dollar bounty i was like how much is that in today's money and I saw, um, here's the full amount in twenty twenty dollars three thousand dollars in nineteen seventy five is equivalent to fourteen thousand four hundred ninety three dollars and fifty seven cents today. Wow. Yeah, that's like a used car payment right there. Yeah. So yeah, it's understandable that there were so many people like said, you know what? I'm gonna kill a shark. I can kill a shark. What's what's so hard about killing a shark? You just throw dynamite at it, right? Yeah. I, w- another scene I really liked is when the <laughs> They're all on the dock with with the the shark, and Quint goes by on his boat like, "Ha, you guys are full of you know like we know that's not the shark, you know like that was pretty funny to see because like we all know it's not the shark. It's too early for the shark to be dead. Yeah, it's like all these guys out of town rolling, and they're like, "Look, we did our job," and it's like, "Yeah, okay." One scene that had me tense, Bell. I felt like an idiot after seeing it was in like. They open up the beaches for like everyone for July 4th and then they see a shark fin in the water and then everyone is so scared they all leave. <laughs> but before that, mm. no one was in the water. Yeah. And then the mayor forced the forced guy and his family to go into the water. I'm like, my bro, what is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. He's like, just go. And he see he's so scared. He and his wife are so scared to go into that water. Yeah. Oh my God. And then they have to grab their kids and I'm just like, Dude, d- how much money does this guy pay you? Because, like, I'm not bringing my kids into the water, like... No, that, not, not even for $14,000 in 2020 dollars. Ugh. Yeah, nah, I'm good. But, like, the, like, everyone eventually goes into the water. I'm like, no, don't go in there, <laughs> you idiots. Ugh. Yeah. Everyone just, like, I think reacts pretty normally. Like, you see a shark in the water, you run away. Or, like, you swim away mm-hmm. as fast as possible. Turns out it's just a bunch of kids. It's just two kids yeah. pulling around. I'm like, oh, you kids, why would you do that? And then, like, the, another shark comes up and, like, oh, what? The real shark in the lake? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was tense. That was, like, a roller coaster of emotions. Like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> yeah. And then it's, oh, my gosh, it's his son, you know? So you're like, oh. That was pretty intense. But, like, the second half of the movie was more of, a, like, a movie, Moby Dick kind of movie. Where, like, they're just hunting down the shark and everything. And you kind of see the camaraderie between Hooper, the sheriff, and Quint. And that monologue from Quint was like, oh, this is serious. <laughs> and yeah, I, I saw this episode of It's Always Sunny Philadelphia. And I think it was Charlie Day's character. He, he said, it's in those eyes. Those beady little eyes. I don't remember what episode. I don't remember the situation. Yeah. I just remember that line. And then when I heard Quint say it, I'm like, oh, that's where that's from. Tip of the cap. Yep. It's in those eyes, those beady eyes. I've noticed this in every Steven Spielberg movie. There's always a scene where everyone is like doing nothing but just talking about like things. So it happens in this movie in Jaws where like Quint describes his experience with um being in a submarine trapped underneath like a, a whole flock of sharks and they needed to like leave because they were in war. Also in Poltergeist, which was another movie that we saw for this series where the medium is telling the boy about heaven and like the ghosts, the difference between ghosts and poltergeists and everything. And then, oh, what's the other movie? I think Jurassic Park counts. 
There must have been a scene there. But you know what I mean. Like, every Steven Spielberg movie has a scene where, like, they just stop doing everything they're doing and just talk around the campfire, essentially. Yeah. So, as you can tell, I really like this movie. <laughs> it's a really good movie. It definitely is. I, I was really happy at the end that I watched it. What was your favorite scene? Did I ask you that? No, I, I alluded to it. Um, the favorite scene was um, the, the scar comparison scene. When they're uh, all sitting in, they just got done eating. They're sitting around talking. He tells the story of, you know, the USS Indianapolis, I think it was. Yep. You know, they're all showing their scars and then they're cracking up and singing. Like, I just like, you know, because up until that point, it was like Richard Dreyfus was the rich little college kid that loves sharks <laughs> and you know sheriff uh um his brody was it no i just forgot his name again let me see yeah it's brody so you know uh, sheriff brody is you know so before all this scene happens you have the richard dreyfus is the college kid matt hooper uh, who's rich and he's got the boat and he likes sharks and then you have um, Sheriff Brody, who is the sheriff that moves to a sea town and is afraid of water. <laughs> and then you have Quint, who's the quiet, mysterious, nutbag fisherman, you know? And then they all sit there and they all end up like bonding super heavy just as they're drunk. You know, just like I really enjoyed that scene, you know? Yeah. And that scene made it so you really liked every one of them. So if one of them were to pass away, you'd be sad. Right. You know? Yeah, definitely. I love the banter between Clint and Hooper because it's realistic, essentially. Like, yep. like the, yeah. uh, I see myself doing the same thing, but like not in a loving way. <laughs> but still, it's like, yeah. like, yeah, yeah, it's a still thing. And you also don't want him to be, you kind of saw, saw him earn his place in a viewer's eyes. Yeah. So yeah. he wasn't just another rich kid. Like, he is a rich kid, but he actually cares, and he's actually done his work. He pulls his weight. Yeah, he pulls his weight. And another thing that really... <laughs> it made me laugh when I when I heard it, is that the sheriff is the sheriff of an island, a beach town, essentially, and he is afraid of the water. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. that was funny. That was... Funny to see it. Like, you couldn't just, like, gone to Kansas, whatever. <laughs> Landlocked area. Seriously, though, in, in 1975, how ugly were the people? <laughs> like, was that a creative decision, or was that just how it was, man? Oh, I think I think they just didn't have tan France to tell them how to dress. Or they're, they're like, uh, they're like the uh, Greyjoys, you know, sea people. <laughs> they're just, it wears on them. Bro, I haven't, I haven't heard, like, a Game of Thrones reference <laughs> That wasn't like I got a dog named Tyrion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just saying. I just haven't heard like a positive, not really positive. Like every time I hear Game of Thrones, it's always to bash Game of Thrones. It's been a while since yeah. I heard like people don't say, "Oh, I'm a Stark" or "I'm a Targaryen." Like and I'm like, I don't care anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was disappointing how it ended, but it was an excellent show for when it was. All right, Jason. The real question is: Should you have seen this movie sooner? See, I have the same, nearly the same answer for like all the movies I've seen so far. I don't know if I should have seen it sooner. There are a couple of reasons why. It's because I wasn't a fan of horror movies before, and this wasn't as much of a horror movie. It, was, it had horror elements, I think, in my mind. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it was more like a drama movie. So I probably wouldn't have been into it like maybe like two or three years ago. But if I'd seen it sooner, I no, I don't think I should have seen it sooner. I think it was the right moment for me. You know, I would yeah. I would not have appreciated it as much as I do now after like going through all all the lessons I've learned, filmmaking lessons and everything. Yeah, I think yeah, that's the, <laughs> it's gonna get it's a boring answer for everyone because I keep saying the same thing. I would not have appreciated it if I'd seen it sooner. I mean, coming from someone sitting right here that had seen it sooner, like, I have much more of an appreciation for it now than I did before. Definitely. And it's it's more, how do I say it? I don't want to say personal. I don't know the right word for it. If, yeah, immersive. It felt more immersive because the mayor said, we need to bring some money into the island. So we're going to open the beaches despite knowing that there's a shark in the water. Yeah. Coronavirus, man. Yeah, yeah. That's really what it was. All right, we've reached the end of our discussion. Matt, thank you so much for being here. I want to ask you real quick before we go, were the movies a hit or a miss with you? Well, uh, first, thank you for having me. If you need a recurring guest, you can uh, reach out to me definitely. I would say overall, the movies were a hit. Um, the main reason why they were a hit, though, is Jaws. <laughs> I'm just be honest. Jaws was above and beyond what made it a hit gangs in new york i'm glad i eventually saw it like i am that being said i probably will not revisit it right but i'm glad i saw it i will say jaws was definitely a hit i i agree with you there it's a movie that people need to see like despite it being what 45 years old now it's an essential movie to watch it's just one of those movies you have to watch it you got it uh so that's like right on the target hit for me Gangs in New York. Eh. It was a miss. I, I, I wouldn't say completely a miss because there were parts of the movie I did appreciate. Like I said, I I am a fan of the production. Like the production was very well done. The cinematography, the acting was well done. But the, it just didn't save it from being the movie it was. So I would say if there's like a target, like think like an archery target, it's like on the white edges. Like, it's on the edges of the... So, it's like a hit, but like... It's fringe. Yeah, Yeah. fringe. I think that, yeah, better word for me. Yeah, it's on the fringe for me. So, just like you, I will not revisit it probably ever. So... Yeah. 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 I I got the postcard, you know? (laughs) You just say, hey, have you ever seen Gangs in New York? Yeah, I've seen it. I've heard of it. (laughs) I checked that box. (laughs) Don't Don't put it on me again. So, Matt, where can our listeners find you on social media? Um, you know, I'm not really on the social medias, but I have two dogs, Tyrion and Bailey, and they are on the Instagram at, at uh, damn it, Tyrion. That's the episode, folks. Thank you so much for listening, and until next time, cross off a new film from your list. Thank you for listening to the Hit List Podcast. If you like this episode, please consider giving us five stars and leaving a review. It really does help. You can also follow us on Facebook at The Hit List Podcast and Instagram at the underscore hit list underscore podcast. 